Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ah, yes, he is. Mr. Oster standing by. We'll be with you in just a second. Let me tell you, we always begin by giving you an opportunity to win something like that $25 gift certificate from the wonderful folks at Sorgles out in Wexford. So if you're the 10th caller, 412-922-1020, you win it. And as always, we recommend you to get on the phones early to get in on the conversation with Doug at 866-391-1020. Doug, good morning and welcome back to Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Happy Halloween to everybody. Did you go out last night with your pillowcase? <laughs> no, I did not, but I wish I would have because, listen, that would still be as exciting today, dumping all of that candy on the floor as it was back in 1967. So there's nothing quite like trick-or-treat Halloween season, and it's here. You know, a lot of places had their Halloween uh, last week, but there are still a lot of places, many more than I thought, are having it tonight for this Sunday evening. You know, I grew up out in the country, and so the houses were on one-acre lots, and it literally took all night to fill up that pillowcase. What was your favorite candy? Fa- favorite candy bar was a zero bar, still is to this day. Clark Bar was a close second. Hershey Bar, Nestle Crunch, Three Musketeers, Milky Way. It's all good. I loved it all. But there was something, I don't know, because zero bars was something you didn't get on a regular basis, and you knew house to house who was giving out what. So you know if you went to this house, you were getting a Three Musketeer bar. If you went to this house, you were getting a Milky Way. And there was always those families who ramped it up a little bit, maybe because paycheck was a little lean or they just wanted to give a a little extra love to someone. You would get a popcorn ball or a candy apple. So it was uh, all good. But I do remember when you would get a fresh apple, that was something that you weren't so happy about, but you took it and you were thankful. And usually mom or dad took care of the apples. There, there was always that family that did that wanted to give you something good, right? Absolutely. You know what else I was talking about today, and I don't know if you remember this, but I was so locked into so much when I was a kid, and I, I miss all those days. You, you would go to someone's house, maybe you didn't really know that well, and these houses would all smell different, you know, than your surroundings because of, you know, their ethnic background and certain foods that they would cook, like hulishki or spaghetti and meatballs. And I always <laughs> found that comforting. It was a real melting pot, and it was just always nice to feel that when you would, if you were lucky enough to have a chance to step into the house to get your treat, or they would spend enough time with that door open with you on the front porch. It was kind of getting a sense of who they were and what their traditions were, and uh, it was special stuff for sure. Sounds good. Well, Mrs. Know-It-All will be on a little later to talk about some interesting flowers and herbs that are traditionally used during the Halloween season, and I can't wait for that. I think that's going to be fun. We talked about it a little bit uh, during the week. And then uh, Rob and I are back together tomorrow. We're going to be talking about uh, mistakes people make planting trees and and 
with this upcoming cold weather at the end of the season, and it does look like we're finally going to have an end to the season for annuals. This is the longest one I can remember. You know, we probably went longer before, but boy, to have peppers out there still in October, I have a friend that's still picking tomatoes, and I, uh, a friend of mine, Larry Franklin, sent me an article from the Elwood City paper about a woman named Charlene Hall who is encouraging people to save any tender plants that can be wintered over. And, you know, that's something I do <laughs> all by nature, but I'm wondering if you do too. I'm, I, I, I bought some shade baskets that had impatience and then had spider plants in them which were great all summer long, but I knew when I saw those spider plants, when I bought those, you know, halfway through the season, on sale, of course, <laughs> that I was going to bring those uh, spider plants indoors. Those are, those are going to be some house plants for the, the winter, along with uh, elephant ears. I, I have some elephant ears out there. Those make great house plants. You can e- even make, you know, if you don't want to save the bulb and tuber underneath, you can even make things like elephant ears or uh, begonias, uh, caladiums, some of these shade-loving plants can actually live on the windowsill. Even a canna sometimes can make it through through the winter on the windowsill. So don't let everything go. Don't let everything go to the fr- go to frost. You might be ready for a gardening break. I'm not. I, I could I could keep gardening year-round. Well, I do garden year-round, but you know, not in the same way we do during the summer. And, you know, I was thinking about something. If you have something that you would like me to cover on the show, something that you're interested in, just send me a message. All you have to do is go to DougOster.com, and there's a little button on the right that says Contact, and that sends an email directly to me. Now, you can't send pictures through that, but once we get connected through email, I can send you a picture or you can send me a picture. But I'd love to know if there's something that you've always wanted to hear about related to gardening. And I would love to talk to you today uh, about what's going on in your garden at 866-391-1020. But I want to talk about this Twin Sisters essay contest that we ta- we started last weekend, uh, last Sunday, uh, about this daffodil called Twin Sisters. And I didn't know if anybody would be interested in this old-fashioned essay contest. And I had literally hundreds of entries. So... I fell in love with this Twin Sisters Daffodil last spring while visiting Joe Ham's Daffodil Hortus in Washington County, a place I talk about a lot because I love it, a place that you should see in April. And I'm I'm bound and determined to to meet up with people down there next April. It's just the greatest collection of blooming daffodils I've ever seen. Well, Twin Sisters, I went at the very end of the season. It was one of the last left, and the blooms had this sweet fragrance, and and I just fell in love with it. The name, and, you know, it's two blooms together hence twin sisters but i got all these entries and i have the the five bulbs for the one winner but it was so tough reading these stories because they're very moving these are stories about sisters that aren't here anymore or um, sisters that aren't even really sisters of young twin sisters I ended up having to run the stories by a few other people, too, uh, to try and, and, and call it down. Uh, and I just couldn't pick one. So I emailed Joe and I said, hey, do you have any twin sisters left? I know they're probably gone, but he does have a box of little ones left that he's sending me. So there's going to be more than one winner. There's going to be several winners. And I'm hoping that I can. Uh, the entrance will allow me, and I'll ask each one individually if they'll allow me to post their essays. Because I'm telling you, they are very powerful. 
uh, and very personal. And I was really moved by these stories. And it, it's just, uh, I'm just so happy that people wanted the bulbs and wanted them so bad to really write from their heart. Uh, and, and so next week I'll, I'll, I'll after I see how many bulbs I'm getting, I'll know how many winners I have. I wish I had enough bulbs to give some to everybody who entered because it was really, really cool to, to read all the stories. And I said, I hope to post them. And I hope you're still planting bulbs, too. There's still time to plant bulbs. I've got a new video on the website. Uh, and I just I've, I've <laughs> had so much fun when I did this. When I talked about when I did it, I planted bulbs with kids at the Blonde Ox Community Garden. And these were the, these are great kids. In fact, I was out yesterday, uh, you know, out out to dinner with a friend, and, and she said something like, "Kids are so I don't know, such a pain." I said, "No, they aren't," you know, or or they're misbehaving or something. I said, "Kids are kids, and and there are there's there are plenty of great kids out there today, uh, and and so go to DougOster.com, watch this video of us planting bulbs together." Uh, because it was just so much fun teaching them how to do it, and and then with this anticipation of of spring blooms. All right, Rob, are we ready for a, a break after our Halloween talk? Yes, we're going to take a break. We'll come back much more with Mr. Oster. If you want to talk to him, 866-391-1020. Hey, join the Soldiers and Sailors team this Veterans Day and fill the hill. With every $20 donation, a flag will be placed on Soldiers and Sailors Front Lawn, imagine a sea of stars and stripes from Fifth Avenue to our front door throughout November for a month-long salute to service members. Details at kdkradio.com. All right, here we go. Time to get to your calls. First stop is Caroline. She joins us up first on KDK. How are you? Good morning. Caroline, go ahead. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, My question has to do with potted mums. I received three of them. Two of them, no, all three of them, um, after two weeks, have gotten a film over the top that looks like mo- or like mold, and I'm wondering if what it is. It doesn't look like it's, it covers like a spider web, but it's not got holes in it. And um, I'm wondering if we cut this off, is the ground in which the plants have been placed is good to use? So is it just? Is it like? On the leaves, like a kind of a powdery type look? Is that what we're it's, talking no, about? No, it's across the top of the flowers, and it looks like a web, except it's solid and it's gray. And hmm. it's all three of them, and two of them are bought in different places. Boy, we're going to have to talk to Mrs. Noah about know it all about that before she starts talking about her Halloween stuff, so stay tuned. I'm not sure what to do there. It I'm looks like sure a mold. I'm you, sorry, you say it again. It off like, like a web. I mean, if you take a Kleenex and run across it, you can lift it off. I don't know. The flowers underneath. Then, uh, you, know, you know what? Stay tuned. We'll talk to Mrs. Know-It-All about it because uh, that's a stopper for me. So we'll figure things out when Mrs. Know-It-All comes on. All right. All right, let's keep Thank it going. You. Let's go to Jean in the North Hills for Doug Oster. Hi, Jean. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your program. I have uh, three... Uh, butterfly bushes, a bit, a taller one, and then two that are uh, close to the ground, and they're beautiful. The butterflies love them. Uh, I had one before, and I was told to cut it back in the fall. I cut it back in the fall, and it never came back. So I would like to know: Do I cut it back or not? Well, yeah, you're sp- you're supposed to cut them back. Now it might not have been the cutting back that that, that stopped that plant because. 
you know, butterfly bush, great plant, but they can be fickle. They can go two years, they can go 20 years. And so traditionally what we do is we cut it back to about 18 inches. And the reason we do that is we want it to push out this new growth in the spring that will have lots of blooms. You can leave them and not cut them back, but they become kind of woody and tree-like and don't bloom quite as well. And so, as I said, traditionally we like to cut them down about 18 inches and, and don't worry about that. I know that sounds awful. And of, of, of course, when you lost one, you know, that, that definitely makes you tentative to do it. But all the experts tell us that's the way to do it. And, and I wouldn't worry about it, you know, especially when you have three of them. I don't think it's the cutting back. It's just, like I said, they are fickle. Um, but but fun now, even and, on the smaller ones that are close to the ground. Well, how tall are they? Well, the other one is about as tall as I am, a little four foot something. But the other ones are maybe a couple foot up from the ground, or maybe they're, they're close to the ground. You want you want you you want to trim off that, you know, a lot of that woody growth, to, so that the plant will push it out in the spring. And cut all the dirt, I, uh, the flowers that are now so far they've been blooming beautiful, but some of the, yeah, I, cut I, all well, the dead. I, I would wait. I would wait until we get that, uh, till we put it in the dormancy, till it gets cold, so they can't push out any new growth now. And, and like I said, cut it down to 18 inches, and, and trust me on this, okay? And then in the spring, when it, when it, it, they all bloom out, you can call me back and say, Doug, you were right, or you can say, Doug, you were wrong. Hey, this, All right. Before we go to break, we got about a minute and a half. I want to bring something up. We're going to talk about you know getting ready for the first frost and. Mary Hours was saying earlier could get to the 20s by later this week, but we're also going to talk about, as you mentioned, mistakes people make planting trees. You know, speaking of trees, and maybe it's just because of the years that I spent with you and Jessica, you know, I've learned to appreciate them more. And, you know, I was by the old homestead for the first time in a long time the other day, and I noticed a couple of stumps in the front yard, a former elm tree basically in the middle of the front lawn and then close to that big picture window that everybody had in the 50s in those ranch homes. We had a maple tree. The, the border of both sides of the house used to have uh, poplar trees as well. You know, it, you, you should plant something new, remove the stump if you can, or do something decorative with that stump. Because, you know, Doug, you really do get used to these trees. And when they are gone, you think about sitting in your living room on a beautiful day, looking out at the birds in that maple tree, or as a kid climbing a tree for the first time, which I did in my Converse high-top tennis shoes and leaped out like a superhero in that elm tree. When you look at that stump, it, it, it does choke you up a little bit, doesn't it? Boy, that is a great point, Rob. And, uh, you know, as we've talked to these arborists from Davy Tree also, yes, people have a deep connection with their trees. And, gosh, when you said that, Rob, I used to have the house I grew up on, a ranch house, had a whole line of poplar trees out front. And poplars are short-lived. You know, that, you know, now, you know, we think about it back then, the poplar trees, there was a, a cicada or something up in there. My mother actually made my brother try and climb up there and get that cicada <laughs> out of there. So it's driving her, <laughs> driving her nuts in the summer. But now when I'm looking at it from a gardening point of view, right. those poplar trees are generally short lived. The elm tree, you know, uh, Dutch elm disease takes most of our elm trees. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, grind out that stump. Uh, move three feet to the right and and plant something new and you know we'll talk a lot about this tomorrow rob 
right tree for the right place. And and that's that's a that's a good segue there. And you, I don't I don't even know if you knew how good of a segue it was. Well, you said stump <laughs> earlier in the conversation, and it just was like a light bulb. It went off. And I'll tell you why the maple tree went. It's because my dad would say every time he'd have to take that lawnmower and trim around that tree, he would use a few adult words and he would say, you know, why in the world would I have ever planted this tree so close to my house? And uh, that's what I he know did. We're just, I know we're just about out of time before the break, but I, I found gardening by hanging upside down in my grandmother's maple tree in Lisbon, Ohio. So <laughs> I'm telling you, trees are more significant than people realize, and maybe it just comes with adulthood. But you two have taught me so much, and obviously our friends at Davy Tree, people like, you know, Miles and Dick Till and others, and it just, I don't know, it just makes you appreciate them. When you see that stump and you think of all the memories left behind, and I must tell you, there was uh, a lot of memories about going up into a tree and climbing a tree for the first time and looking down at the world around you. It gave you a different perspective, and it was uh, special stuff that still makes me feel good looking back on it today, and I miss those trees. We'll take a break. Stay with us. Doug's got lots more, including Mrs. Know-It-All, within 20 minutes. Stay with us. Ah, yes, he is. And, Doug, before we get back to these calls we were talking about trees, we'll do tomorrow a little bit more when I'm in for Rick Dayton after local news at 3. But what are your favorite trees? You know, I've fallen in love with a new type of Rose of Sharon, and don't hate me for saying Rose of Sharon. People hate them because they, they make babies like crazy. This one's sterile. It's called Sugar Tip, and it is variegated foliage, white and green, you know, all, all season during the growing season, and then pink, double flowers. Eventually gets only about 10 feet tall, and, uh, I, you know, this is, I think, the second year I've had it in. Yeah, I planted it last fall, so this is its first full year, but I just, I just love that. Um, there's one called Stuartia. And stewardias are underused in the landscape, uh, but they are just beautiful trees. A small tree, up up to 20 feet, maybe a little taller. Uh, they have these uh, peony-type white flowers in June, uh, exfoliating bark in the winter, and just a beautiful shape. Uh, those are two right off the bat. And then <laughs> the number one tree on my property is a big Dawn Redwood. Dawn Redwoods, uh, they're a deciduous conifer. And so they look like a, you know, they look like an evergreen pine tree during the season. But right now, this, uh, all those needles, so so-called needles, are turning kind of a golden, and they're falling off like crazy. Uh, those are three of my favorites, Rob. All right, listen, Teth Collar wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. So be the Teth Collar at 412-922-1020. All right, up next, it's Ruth in the North Hills. Hi, Ruth. Hello. Uh, thank you for a wonderful program. Um, I just had a question about a, a dogwood tree that I have. Um, it's a miniature dogwood, and it had been blooming beautifully uh, for years. The last couple of years, it didn't bloom very much, and uh, it has a lot of foliage on it. I thought maybe it needs trimming or needs fertilizer. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion, Doug, on what you think it might need. You know, in general... Uh, we, we don't do too much trimming on them, and if we do trim them, it, it's important to know that we do not want to prune them until right after they're done blooming, only because we would be cutting off next year's blooms. That, that plant now has buds on it. But in general, what I like to do is, is I like to feed those something called holly tone, uh, and it's the word holly with tone, T-O-N-E. 
And that will, in most cases, that'll bring that plant back. You know, the fact that it's been blooming before and it's doing okay, just needs a little boost with that holly tone. And I would actually do that every spring, give it a little bit of holly tone. And there's, and just follow the application rate on the, the, the package. That's important. Uh, you know, holly tone has been around since the 1930s. It's organic. It's safe. But we still have to, you know, look at the application rates because the plant can only uptake so much fertilizer. If you put too much on there, regardless of, you know, even though it's organic, that's going to wash down into the uh, into the storm sewer when the plant can't take what it needs. And so I, I just give it a little holly tone, uh, and I, I think you'll be fine. Dogwoods are pretty tough. You know, they really <laughs> struggle. And, they really struggle in the drought when, when they're shallow rooted. And so a nice coating of mulch would help too. But remember with mulch, it should look like a donut, not a volcano, and never touch the bottom of the tree. Go ahead. What else did you have to say about the tree? Okay. I um, I was just wondering about those fertilizer spikes. Would would they work? Uh, they, they work, and each one is, is a little bit different. Uh, but in my experience, just getting a little bag of holly tone and gently raking it into the soil underneath there uh, will boost that plant like crazy. The thing about the holly tone is it's for plants that, that uh, love acid soil, and dogwoods are one of those ones that love acidic soil. And so the pH of the fertilizer uh, is acidic also. And that's why it's just kind of custom made for plants like rhododendrons, azaleas, hollies, dogwoods that they just go together you could use those fertilizer spikes that would be fine you know the plant needs a little bit of help and and i like the holly tone but whatever you can get a hold of will work all right thanks for your call all right let's go to bill and beaver up next for doug of course this is the organic gardener show for a sunday hey bill how you doing oh fine uh doug i got a couple of those baby roses sharon i want to move uh two of them is it too late, or should I wait till spring, or and any suggestions on how many roots to dig up and so forth? Not at all. Not too late at all. This is a good time to do it, and don't worry about a thing because those little baby Rosa Sharons, let's just say this. When the world ends, what will be left will be Rosa Sharon, <laughs> cockroaches, and, and Keith Richards. Okay, those are the three things left. So don't worry about that Rosa Sharon. You will be fine. Just get as much as you can and uh, put it wherever you want. There's there's no killing those rows of Sharon uh, transplant uh, uh, transplants at all. So you'll be fine to go. And thanks for your call because that leads me to a, a question I just got from the internet uh, from Lynn, and she listens all the time. She says I'm not the greatest gardener. Come on, Lynn, you're you're okay. <laughs> we know you're a good gardener. She ordered two dwarf cherry trees a few months ago from Gurney's, uh, but they're just they're sending them next week. And since it's going to be cold, what do I do with them? And Lynn, I'm telling you that this is even though it's going to get cold, this is still tree planting season. You'll be fine to put those cherry trees right in the ground. Uh, you know, Rob and I are talking a lot about mistakes people make uh, planting their trees, and so we'll just we'll just talk a little bit about it today. But you want to dig a hole about two times as big as, as the root ball and just don't plant it too deep and give it plenty of room to grow. Be sure you know how big it's going to get, but yes, this is the perfect time to move those Rosa Sharon 
and Lynn, you could put those cherry trees in as soon as you get them, and don't even be worried about it. I'll be planting trees all the way until the ground freezes solid. All right, let's go to Bob and Zillian Opal. Hey, Bob, you're on KDK with Doug Oster. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to ask Doug about uh, a tree or a bush called Lantana, L-A-N-T-A-N-A. What is mm-hmm. it? Know how how big it got, so I can figure out where to plant it, and also, uh, it, would it be okay to plant it now? So Lantana for our area is a, a tender annual, so it's going to be done. Like I've got Lantana out there now that's going to have to be moved into the greenhouse uh, before it gets cold. Uh, Lantana loves warm weather, but it won't overwinter on its own. It's something we only grow during the 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 growing season, the frost-free season from May until right now, until it gets cold. And so it's, it's, a, it's a summer annual for us in, in our climate. Down in Florida, it's an invasive weed. It, it just grows everywhere. So it wouldn't be the right choice for, for uh, a, a hardy uh, shrub. It, it, for us, it's more of a eh, just a, a bedding plant, you know, that will go until frost, Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. All right. Tell the folks what's coming up, Doug. Well, I cannot wait until uh, Denise, Mrs. Know-It-All, comes on and talks about her Halloween flowers and herbs that are traditionally planted. I I don't know where we're going to go with this, but I know it'll be fun, and I'm just always interested to hear what she has to say. We've had a lot of good talks, uh, talking about different stuff on the show, and we've had a lot of fun. And so we're going to go with Halloween, the Halloween theme today. And, uh, Rob, what superhero were you when you were jumping out of that tree with those high-top converse? Was it Superman or Batman or somebody else? It had to be Superman. Come on. Able to leap tall buildings (laughs) in a single bound, more powerful than a locomotive? Superman for sure. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. And Mrs. Know-It-All coming up. And then after the news at 8, it's Joe and Frank Dantisi, the Coons, cooking our soups and stews today, KDKA. And he is ready because it's that time, is it not, Doug? It sure is. But, you know, during the break, I had I was thinking about something. I've never seen Rob Pratt and Superman in the same room. Huh. Anyway, time for Denise Schreiber. Uh, she is Mrs. Know-It-All. And before we get going on Halloween, Denise, I had a question about mums with uh, spider webs. My guess was spider mites. Is there something else you were thinking? Uh, actually, spiders in general are making a lot of webs right now. So if it's outdoors, you've got nothing to worry about because the cold will kill spider mites. But I'm thinking they're just regular spiders. Okay. So let, I, I can't wait. Tell me about the Halloween plants. Okay. So the Halloween day is actually called Samhain, and, and it's traditionally celebrated by a lot of um old uh, Celt traditions. So, you know, we're not going to get into the devil stuff because that's just stupid. But there's a lot of plants that are used for Halloween and planting as well, and we can plant them other times of year. So you can plant an oak now, the mighty oak, because it stands for defense and thunder and strength and courage. And not only that, it gives us great shade. You can plant hawthorns 
which are also protection. If you think about a lot of the straight species of hawthorns, they have terrible thorns on them, and they protect you against anything. But they also provide a lot of food for the birds during the winter. And there's newer varieties now that don't have thorns but are also very disease-resistant. And then there's ewes, uh, the taxis that you can plant. Uh, we use it for hedges. shouldn't be a, a foundation plant. And it's associated with spirits and other worlds. This is fun. This isn't anything serious. I don't want anybody getting upset about this. And then, you know, we're planting pansies this time of year. Um, they're supposed to bring us happiness and love. And then to make us pure, <laughs> I don't think that can happen really, Angelica, <laughs> and we have basil and we have cinnamon and cloves. I'm it's sorry? It's too late for us. It's too yeah, late for it's us. way too late for us. Pure part. Lavender is another one, and I use a ton of lavender. And, you know, I make jellies and jams and breads with it, and that's for purification. So maybe I'm ahead of you on that. Um, oh, no, you and definitely then, are. <laughs> sage. You know, you know, the stuff that, you know, we use for Thanksgiving for the turkey, it's considered to be one of the most powerful or powerful herbs providing purification, protection, wisdom, health, and long life. Um, so I think we could use that. And a lot of people buy what they're called smudge sticks, and they're made out of sage. And a lot of times they have maybe uh, lavender in them or mugwort, a weed, or uh, cloves or angelica. And they're all dried, and they've, they're wrapped up with twine, and they light them. And you kind of wave them around, you know, maybe your garden, if your garden didn't do well. I've got to remember that next spring. Or in the house, you know, if you buy an old house and you want to clear the spirits, such of the people who lived there before, you know, they might have been, you know, some serious weirdos. And just fun <laughs> things like that. But, you know, uh, these are the fun things that you can do at Halloween. And then some of the food, and I'm sure you like this, is cold cannon, which is typically served. We see it more at St. Patrick's Day than anything, but it is actually believed to be a healing dish uh, this time of year. Huh. Favorite uh, <laughs> Halloween candy? I, you know what? I'm going to say this, and I know people will cringe. I love candy corn. It, it, it remind, my mother used to buy it for me all the time, so it reminds me of her. But I love uh, Halloween candy. I got to have a, a candy corn. We've got about a minute left, and you mentioned lavender. A lot of uh -huh. people have trouble growing growing lavender. What are the essentials for for making lavender do its thing? Okay, full sun, very well draining soil. Um, so I actually grow mine on uh, the top of my retaining wall, and it loves it. It's even receded for me. But if you try planting it in good garden soil, it's too heavy for it. So it it does need that full sun and maybe a gravelly-type soil or a cactus-type soil where there's not as much um, peat or loam in there as much as maybe sand and uh, grit in there, that's what they like. If, if you think about where you see lavender growing prolifically, it's in areas that have a very well-draining soil. A lot of times actually near uh, the beach or an ocean. 
you know, and it does very well there. And I never, Jess and I used to have this conversation, I don't cut my lavender back. I cut off the flower stems. Uh, you can, If you cut it in the spring after it's done blooming, you can get a second bloom. But I don't cut into the woody part because then it tends to get a fungus and rot during the winter, and then you lose the entire plant. All right, good stuff, Mrs. Know-it-all. As always, thank you, and happy Halloween. Now, I'll be answering questions after the show at DougOster.com and also lots of other new information that I've posted there, a new video about planting bulbs, uh, how to save your dahlias and other tender plants, a story about my friend Eddie Smith who built a cage around his plants to keep them safe. Now, remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, great stuff, Doug. Have a wonderful week. Stay with us. Right after the news with Josh at 8, it is Joe and Frank Dentisi. We're stirring up something good. Soup and stews, the topic of conversation. So please get ready to phone in with all of those great recipes. Just moments away, Rob Pratt Sunday rolls on at Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Good morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.